Philippians 2.19.30 I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to see you soon so that I may be encouraged by hearing about you. I have no one like him. He is a person who genuinely cares about your well-being. All the others put their own business ahead of Jesus Christ's business. You know his character, how he labors with me for this gospel like a son works with his father. So he is the one that I hope to send as soon as I find out how things turn out here for me. I trust in the Lord that I also will visit you soon. I think it is also necessary to send Epiphorius to you. He is my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he is your representative who serves my needs. He misses you all, and he was upset because you, you heard he was sick. In fact, he was so sick that he nearly died. But God had mercy on him, and not just on him, but also on me, because his death would have caused me great sorrow. Therefore, I am sending him immediately so that when you see him again, you can be glad and I won't worry. So welcome him in the Lord with great joy and show great respect for the people like him. He risked his life and almost died for the work of Christ. And he did this to make up for the help you couldn't give me. Hey, church. In the book we've been reading together by Max Vincent called Because of This I Rejoice, Max takes the scripture that we just heard read and uses it as an opportunity to explore the concept of joyful hospitality, particularly the importance of hospitality in the first century church. You see, hospitality for them was more than mere kindness or a social convention. In fact, hospitality was vital because when someone chose to be a Christian in the first century, they were taking a risk. They were often ostracized by family or community. See, choosing Christ was a decision that had implications not just for their behavior or their morality, but it had relational and professional and societal implications. And I think it's hard for us to connect with this experience in a culture and a community where generational Christianity is the norm. Many of us have grown up living a life where we're accustomed to asking, what church do you go to? Not whether or not you go to church. Never mind taking into consideration that someone may not even be Christian or that we just don't even go there at all and have that conversation. And in some ways, we've gotten to this place because of the baggage and the difficulty associated with discussions of faith or religion or specifically Christianity. And the fact is, our culture is no longer Christian-centric. And how we orient ourselves and our church toward the guest and the new person in our midst may need to look more like the first century than the good old days. And so Paul opens up for us the concept of hospitality, joyful 
hospitality. And in fact, the word that is used in the translation we read just now is the word welcome. And so we can see hospitality as welcome. And really the word that was used in the Greek is a compound word that, that brings together a couple of different ideas into the notion of joyful Christian welcome or joyful Christian hospitality. And there's one aspect to this word of hospitality or welcome that is the, the idea of accepting or receiving as a gift the guest in your midst, the new person in your neighborhood, your community, your family, or your church. And not only receiving or accepting them as a gift, but expecting them, anticipating their arrival, preparing for that gift. Years ago, I had the joy to be a part of planting a church, and I planted a church with some folks who were coming out of another United Methodist church, and they all had known each other for a long time and been in ministry together and knew each other's families, kids, backgrounds. And as we embarked on launching a new community of faith together, I made it a habit every time we gathered for worship and gave a word of welcome. I made it a habit to introduce myself. My name is Eric Lee. I'm the pastor here. Gave some basic instructions about the place and some logistical comments and, and then said a word of welcome to anybody who's with us for the first time. And listen, there were a lot of Sundays where there wasn't anybody new with us for the first time. In fact, there were one or two Sundays as I would go through that spiel each week. There were one or two Sundays where some of our folks would, I could see them looking around, turning around, <laughs> looking. And, and I could see the look in their eyes as they look back at me like, There's, there is nobody new here and you're welcoming new people. In fact, I had the conversation with somebody one time who said just that. Why do you say that every Sunday? And especially on the Sundays when we can look around and see that there is nobody here. And my answer was, I was trained to do that. I was taught to do that in my preparation for planting a church because you want to act like and be prepared for new people showing up. You want to believe that God is at work in you and among you in your community of faith and in your wider community. That as you do the work of the kingdom of God in the world, that people are going to be drawn to that. As you go and invite folks, that people are going to respond to that. And so you want to build into your habits, your disciplines, your understanding of what it means to be the church. This expectation, this anticipation that you will have the opportunity to receive someone, receive a new presence, receive a guest. And receive them as a gift. And so Sunday after Sunday, I would repeat those words. And lo and behold, not long after, we began to see new faces in the room. And more new faces and more new faces. Each week to the point that it wasn't, will there be a new person? But how many new people are there? And so those words of introduction and welcome that we had built into our DNA, our identity as a congregation, were a first step in hospitality for those folks who showed up. And it was because we understood hospitality and welcome 
as accepting and receiving as a gift new folks and, and anticipating and expecting that they would be there. And the other aspect of this Greek word that's used here and translated as welcome or as we're talking about in hospitality, there's, there's that concept of receiving as a gift and anticipating that gift to accept. But then there's also the other part of this compound word is, is the idea of action, that it's not a passive receiving or expecting, but it's an active one. It's, it's an act of going toward. So it's this, it's this movement of receiving and going toward to receive and going out to receive and making effort and putting a step forward to welcome, to accept. And this moves our concept of hospitality and joyful Christian hospitality from one of being prepared and, and to receive to one of being active to go out and meet, go out and introduce and welcome people into an experience with the risen Lord. Now, I know that in a time gone past, this kind of action of going out and walking might have looked like going up and knocking on somebody's door with a fresh baked loaf of bread or fresh made jam or jelly. Um, it's funny, I heard a stand-up comedian one time recently doing a routine about that idea of showing up and knocking on somebody's door. And he said when he was a child, he remembers if there was a knock on the door that the whole family would would run to the door wherever you were in your room or in the kitchen or that everybody would sort of in anticipation run to the door to see who was here, who's the guest. And, and he said nowadays in his home with his family, if there's a knock on the door, they're like, everybody be quiet. Turn out the lights. Duck. Nobody's here. And, and, and I don't know what's going on in our culture, our society that has brought us to that place, but I think it's pretty true. We're just, we don't get many uninvited knocks on our front door. And so for a lot of folks, the reaction isn't excitement, it's skepticism. And so it's interesting for us, I think, as the church, as Christians, what does a 21st century version of that knock on a door and loaf of bread look like? And maybe a good way to consider answers to that question is to ask people, who are native to the 21st century. If that's you, I'd love to hear your thoughts. This church would benefit from your reflection on that. If you're watching live on Facebook, you could put your comments in the chat, or you can post them to our page, or even just drop us an email at the church and let us know your thoughts about what that act of going out in hospitality might look like in this age. It's, it's been so interesting for me that we've had new people connecting with the church even while we're worshiping virtually or sometimes outdoors uh, when so much of our regular rhythm of activity has either stopped or changed drastically that we still have people that are reaching out to us. We get emails, uh, people hitting our website. And one simple step that I've taken when I've been made aware that somebody has reached out to us who's new to the church is I've tried to connect them with other people in the congregation, either by phone or by email. And there's even an opportunity to introduce them in person. But 
to try to make those connections for folks. And for us, joyful hospitality means considering ways that we individually and collectively have that active welcome that is both prepared and expecting to receive someone, receive a guest, and then also going out, going toward our neighbors with that welcome. And that brings us to another vital aspect, I think, of knowing the joy of hospitality. And that is when we accept and receive the guest into our lives, into our community of faith, it's more an act of hospitality than assimilation. And what I mean by that is it can be tempting to say to the guest, to say to the new person, you need to look a certain way, act a certain way, think a certain way, believe a certain way. You need to be like us to be part of us. We can say that in many different ways, <laughs> verbal and nonverbal. We say it by the way that we act. We say it by the things that we do. We say it by the signs that we hang or don't. We say it by the words that we sing. Everything about the way that we live our lives, that we live our church life, communicates. If the expectation is for the new person, the guest, to assimilate and make themselves like us? Or, and where I think this really begins to plumb the depth of the joy of Christian hospitality, or we do the hard work to be open and willing for the collective to be changed, to receive the guest into our midst, into our community of faith in such a way that they can be who they are, who God created them to be, that they can bring their unique experience and perspective, much like Epaphroditus going back to the Philippians, and that we would be willing for our identity to be changed, not expecting theirs to be changed but that we would know the joy of receiving the gift of this child of God and who they are and what they bring that makes us stronger, that makes us more into the image of who God created us to be, that makes us more whole in Christ as we add to Christ's body, the church. And so I envision a, a community of faith that it holds itself loosely, holds its identity loosely, and is willing to be shaped, to be changed, to be molded, to be made new as 
The community welcomes the guest into its midst. You know, I can think about times in my life when I've experienced generous hospitality. And uh, if, if you've been listening to the podcast, you should know the next episode will be about this. And, and it's an interview with Pastor Stacy, myself, and Linda King, who is our coordinator for membership care and hospitality. And, and in the podcast, we share some of those stories, some of those experiences of what hospitality has meant to us in our lives and in our faith. I wonder if you can think about some. Max asked the question in the book, what, are there times where either you've extended joyful hospitality to someone or it's been extended to you? Where you feel like your presence was anticipated, expected, and celebrated, that, that you were welcomed in, not with an expectation to assimilate, but, but you were welcomed to bring who you were. And that the group, the community, the family was willing to be shaped and molded as you became a part of it. And then I wonder, what will it look like for us? I mean, whether it's our church or the church, or it's a Sunday school class or a study group, a family, or just a group of friends, what would it look like for us to practice some disciplines of joyful hospitality this Lenten season? I'm especially thinking about folks who are moving into our area right now. I'm thinking about all the people who show up on our campus for the disc golf course or to walk their dog or play on the playground. I'm thinking about all the people who are faced with a decision right now or who may come to a point when they feel the movement of the Holy Spirit calling them to make a decision about who they are, about what they believe and who they'll follow and who get an experience or an exposure to Jesus Christ and look for a place where they can live that out when they know that today decisions like that have consequences in their lives. Oh, that they would find and know the joyful hospitality of Shambly United Methodist Church. Just like you've experienced it and known it for yourself. Oh, may that hospitality continue to bubble up in us and among us and overflow in such a way that more and more new people, guests, among us will find their place and their fit and call this church home as they follow Christ and as we follow Christ together. May it be so today and may it start with us. In the name of Jesus, amen.